Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome as we navigate through one of those unusual moments where our media elites are actually taking a Democrat scandal seriously. Now, this might only last a few days, but we are trying to take everything down for you. Some of it we may compare and contrast later because sometimes they go soft. You know, it's not all tough on Biden right now. Where There was the view lady suggesting this was some Republican plot to plant classified documents to embarrass Biden, you know, instead of what we know it to be, Biden embarrassing Biden. Uh, this story has some legs now, so we're going to focus for a while on something else. Tuesday night's Golden Globes Award telecast on NBC. Here to discuss the Hollywood left and the pre-Oscar parade is our friend and contributor, Christian Toto, the editor of HollywoodandToto.com. His book is Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul. Welcome, Christian. Thanks for having me. Now, I have to say, a week ago on your website, you did a preview and you said, will Golden Globes swap fun for Oscar-like lectures? Well, that, that was prescient. <laughs> Once witty awards show could go full woke following diversity scandal. Now, for people who might not have been paying attention, in 2021, the Los Angeles Times reported that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association that throws the Golden Globes had no black members, um, and that caused a, a major backlash, and people, Tom Cruise sent his Golden Globes back and and so forth. Um, so NBC, I guess, decided to give them another shot um, and I, so let's start with their decision for a host this year. You know, we're used to Ricky Gervais, who was anti-woke. I, I felt like naming this Gerard Carmichael, who's a black gay comedian, before you even get to what he has to say, it sounds like they're ticking the woke boxes. But I mean, the, uh, the New York Times, Christian, uh, James Pony Wozik said, it was the best award show opening monologue I have ever heard. <laughs> I I cannot agree. Well, it's funny. It his opening monologue did get some good notices, but that's from the woke critics who yeah. wanted it to be woke. Right. From the general audience, they want to be entertained, and that's the real the real shift in award shows the last five years or so is that it's not about being funny. It's not about honoring the movies and TV shows. It's not about being entertaining. It's about lectures. Now, we know what happened with the Golden Globes. You know there was a diversity scandal. We also know that the Globes have had other scandals over the years, but right. it never really stopped the show from going on. So we know that. Now, if Carmichael wants to reference it, maybe a little snarky aside, that's certainly doable, but he's there to start the show, to be engaging, to put on a presentation that is interesting for the viewer. He did none of those things. He went into this lecture, he was explaining, he admitted, yes, because I'm a black man, that's why I'm here, he's probably right, you mentioned that before. So, you know, it's basically speaking to a very, very small group of people, which is the woke reporters and the woke left who you know, represent a very small part of the country. So, and they wonder, gosh, why are the ratings going down every year? Well, that's why, because the show is a lecture, it's not fun. 
make it enjoyable, make it entertaining. It's what exactly what Ricky Gervais would do. And he hosted that show five times. Right. The last time was the epic takedown of Hollywood Inc. in so many ways, and it was very funny. So that's where these shows are. They're very political. They're very heavy-handed. Uh, they're very. It's like a TED Talk, and <laughs> that just chases most viewers away. And at the end of the day, these award shows are advertisements for the movies and for this, the TV shows. So you're failing on that level as well. Yeah, so they said uh, 2021 NBC Golden Globes ratings plummet 60% to new low, and then we get to this year, ratings down more than 26% from 2021. Um, I, I, I absolutely would not quibble with you in that the, um, that the lecturing of these shows has taken the fun out of them. And I, I think the other factor, though, and, and we've seen this over the years with the Oscars, is that the, the actual awards um, seem to go for movies that are less and less well-known. Uh, you know, the mainstream movies are mostly overlooked for movies that, you know, what you generally do is, you know, my wife's watching it. She's pretty entertainment savvy. She's like, what's the Banshees of Inisherin? <laughs> right? I mean, that, and that's, that's part of the problem, too, is it's, it's like what these shows actually do, at least in this case, was tell you what you have not seen yet. Yeah, listen, there's a there's a populist divide that's going on with the awards season. It seems to get worse every year. And, you know, listen, I don't want Minions, The Rise of Gru to, to sweep the Oscars and the Globes. <laughs> it's not really the point. But, you know, you do have a movie like Top Gun Maverick, which was excellent across the board. It was a really well-told story. It was a little formulaic for sure. But that's a good movie on many, many levels. Good performances, a smart script, uh, satisfying, nostalgic, action-packed, interesting. You know, and it did get some gold nominations and didn't win anything. So, but the bottom line is that more and more of the Oscar bait movies, both they dominate the awards and they don't draw a crowd. This year, actually last year, because we're a few weeks into 2023, the box office was dreadful for movies like Banshees, which was actually quite good, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Fablemans, the Steven Spielberg origin story, in a sense, uh, Till, Tar, Bones and All, all these movies just couldn't rally anyone to see them. And, you know, if you keep nominating them again and again and again, well, then there's no reason for the average person to say, oh, I want to tune in to see what the Banshees is going to do because they haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, you would say you, you, you do have this problem in some of these cases. If we take Till, for example, which I haven't seen. Um, but, you know, Hollywood worries and says, nobody wants to see a movie that where a black teenager gets lynched. That's not, you know, a romp at the at the movies, you know, where you get your popcorn. Um, so I mean, that's not to say those movies shouldn't be made, but it's not surprising when they're not massive hits. Um, you know, I I think, you know, I, I'm the guy who will go see Minions. I, I, I don't expect it to win an Oscar, but that's, you know, I want to see something that's light and zippy that's kind of that's just my personal appetite uh the um so this show starts and there's this yes this super serious monologue which isn't really a it's not really meant to be funny uh the new york times suggested that it was you know th there were some uncomfortable laughs uh but it's it it didn't to me it didn't seem like it was focused on comedy at all and then the, the awards start being handed out. And, and what was interesting, regardless of whether you, you think the awards 
were for merit, and I think people liked most of the winners here. But even our liberal NPR TV critic Eric Deggins, who I was following his tweets as the ceremony went on, he got a little nonplussed when Tyler James Williams won uh, Best Acting in TV for Abbott Elementary, which is a which is a really funny show. Most people would know Tyler James Williams as the star of uh, Everybody Loves Chris when he was younger. Um, so, but he was kind of unsettled by it. It's like when there's when is there going to be a winner who's white? Obviously, then they went to Best Film Score. So it was like okay, <laughs> we're we're safe. And then they went to the Best Song, and they had an Indian movie that I haven't heard of yet. But uh, uh, you know. That, you would almost argue, may have been part of the... You, you were thinking as you watched it, Deggins was clearly thinking as he was watching, oh, this is the way they're going to rejuvenate themselves by making sure almost everybody who won was a person of color. Now, that's not the way it ended up by the time you got through the show, but it certainly that is kind of the way it began. That's the one of the many, many problems facing the modern awards show landscape is that there's been such a heavy emphasis on diversity and righting the wrongs from Hollywood of decades and decades ago that we now have this this sense, well, you better nominate at least one person of color in each category or else. And you see this in the media, the media coverage of these different nominations, the different announcements, they will say, well, boy, there was great diversity in today's lineup, but the best director didn't have any women. And that'll be an issue to them. So they are doing the bean counting now where it's another kind of cultural pressure put on these different awards bodies to say, you better do right. And by do right, you mean diverse. Now, in a perfect world, race wouldn't be a factor. And maybe some years you'd have four out of five in a category being women and people of color. And maybe the next year, all five are straight white males. That shouldn't be a problem or an issue if people are getting enough jobs, if there's enough representation organically, but that's where we are today. And that's why, you know, people, even a, a left of center fellow like Deggins, even he sees the issue, the problem that's happening there. Well, and I think he was, when, when these thing when these awards were being handed out, his, his first take was, well, this is what happens when you diversify the voter pool. Cause I guess they added six black journalists, um, some of them I don't think were entertainment journalists. I think they got one person from ESPN. Uh, but, you know, this is sort of the same thing they did with hashtag Oscar so white. Let's go out and diversify the voting pool. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's also that notion, as you suggest, all the voters, I think, are going to feel pressured by the culture to pick the right nominee and not base it just on merit and let's face it on some level we all understand acting best acting can be extremely subjective it's not it's not a tennis match you know or a football game it's it is subjective but uh you know i we like albert elementary in my house we were like that's that's great that's a funny show and good for them what a what a happy story um but uh you know, it did have to it did have to sort of balance itself out. Uh, you know, my concern, my other concern as the show went on was, wow, how long is this going to go with all these long speeches? Hmm. You know, because there was there was a lot of long uh, acceptance speeches. 
and some of them were, you know, were touching. You know, Kiwai Kwan uh, talking about how he thought Short Round was going to be the only film anybody remembered him for. And, these, you know, that's touching. Where it really reached its excess to me was Jennifer Coolidge, <laughs> who was not accepting an award at that point. And it went on and on. Some people absolutely love her. I get tired of her. I'm already sick of her from all these Old Navy commercials where she's <laughs> handing asparagus to the reindeer or whatever. Sorry, not sorry. I want to... I kind of wanted to flip the channel. Um, and then what's surprising to me, though, is I looked at our recording. It wrapped up at 11.22 Eastern. So I guess they knew what they were doing. Um, but you had that whole controversy over don't play music while they're, you know, talking. Well, I personally think that, again, this is a show that's meant to entertain. You're not there to give a six-minute discussion of your life. I would think all of these people should be instructed on the, sh on the off chance you win. You know, pack everything you want to say in two minutes. I mean, they should all get, to my mind, in most cases, two or three minutes should just be like, that's it. You know, pack it in. Because, you know, the, the, the drinking game would have been the minute they mention their team, take a drink. <laughs> right? Because everybody had a team. Their agents, their publicists, everybody who got up there said, I have to thank my team. Uh, the uh, We just saw, we just came upon everything everywhere all at once because it landed on a bunch of these best of 2022 lists. And then you can, you, you go and try to find where, which streaming service it's on. So we found it. And, uh, you know, here again, we're playing catch up. My wife always wants to see the buzzworthy film. Sometimes that backfires on you. I think we all remember The Shape of Water. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why was this? Huh? Uh, but this was, uh, have you seen this? Was a, It's really a wildly entertaining movie. And I wanted to get my son to watch it because he likes martial arts scenes. So um, it, it did well here. I don't know if it'll do well at the Oscars, but... Uh, but it's definitely entertaining. It's, uh, I, I confess, I watched it for 50 minutes and I turned it off. My, I was watching it with my wife and we were both a little nonplussed. And I, I, I almost, I'm going to give it a second chance. And I almost think maybe I was not in the right frame of mind because it certainly is a kind of a mind bender. Yes. Uh, the film has lots of award season buzz, best picture. Certainly Michelle Yeoh is almost a lock for best actress at this point. Certainly a nomination and maybe the win. So it'll be interesting to see. But also, that was one of the few films that was an indie movie that took chances, that was a very original story. Yes. Certainly. And it made some money. I think it made between 60 and 80 million, which is pretty darn good for an indie film that really didn't have any right to, to earn more than five or 10. So that was a, a success story in multiple layers. And also, again, not a sequel, not a superhero film, you know, all the things that we get to, we get to see these days. So yeah. I think it has a good chance of a lot of Oscar. Uh, legitimate uh, hope. Yeah, I think, I mean, that had to be a word of mouth movie because Lord knows we were ready to offer word of mouth after we had seen it. And now it has, it has some woke notes, you know, the daughter's lesbian and, and you know, it has some of the, that stuff in it. Grandpa doesn't understand. Um, uh, but for the most part, it's, yeah, it's, it's also got some touches that you don't see coming whatsoever. It's, it, it is a wild romp of a movie you know what surprised me though um, we're sitting there watching the golden globes we don't even understand that jamie lee curtis was in the movie 
<laughs> they have her so made up, I didn't even recognize that that was her. So, uh, but, you know, this is the kind of thing where y- you do have that habit a lot of times of saying now, oh, what's nominated for the Globes or what's nominated for the Oscars? Now we can go see it. Now, one of the reasons why some of these films don't turn out as well is, yeah, we're also in an era where somebody can say, oh, well, the Banshees of Inisherin is going to come out on HBO Max, so I don't have to go to the theater. Um, you know, a lot of t- several films this year that have come out, we didn't see them in the theater. We saw them on HBO Max, you know. Uh, so there's that. Uh, then there's the uh, the Ryan Murphy speech. Now, and we all understand that he's had a very successful career now in TV and, and, and film, um, but there, uh, the, the, the part that stuck out to me about this speech is where are we now in the culture? And, and he had a passage where he said, it's hard being an LGBTQ kid in America. In fact, all over the world, then and now. And I have one word for you, Florida. So we, you know, there we got our nice anti-Ron DeSantis lick in. And he continued, you are often told you will never become anything you have to hide your life to survive. Now, that might be true in some families. I don't think that's true in the culture. I don't think that's true in the, in the public schools. So at some level, I'm just saying, you know, make your argument. But I think we have a right to say, mm, you know, at this point, it's tougher in many areas to be anti-LGBTQ, and especially as a kid, is that that can actually really boomerang on you at this point. But I mean, I, you know, it's a, it's a woke award ceremony. So I guess, you know, it was all play up the music. It was an inspirational speech to them. Yeah. You know, I think he could have fashioned his speech in a different way that was more directly inspirational and, and focused on more of the positives uh, rather than doing what he did. You know, and it was also funny that this event wasn't as political as past shows. I mean, this, this, this sort of this snide comment about Florida and DeSantis was was a bit rare. Yes. So that was refreshing on that level. But yeah, listen, he has done a lot for representation. He's been super successful. And yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think go into your local school and say, I don't know if you should be teaching uh, you know, gender-affirming care to my kid and see what happens to you as opposed to just saying, I think I might be gay. I mean, the sort of, you know, I think you'll have two very different responses. And that's a good thing that people can say, I can be gay or I am gay and not face the wrath of the culture. That's a good sign. That's progress. So I'm okay with that. But I do think, you know, listen, in our culture, and especially in Hollywood, the victim card is huge. We've got a certain princess who is the ultimate victim, and she's royalty, literally. Yeah. So, you know, that's where we are. And that's how he, he leaned into that. Yeah, and and so I I think that the these were the sorts of things where I thought how long is this ceremony going to go? The um then of course there's the Elvis movie. I think we should probably mention for a minute that Lisa Marie Presley was there. And I I, I remember thinking as I saw it, she she does not look well. She looked frail. Um she certainly looked older than her than her age. Um uh you know, I wonder, I guess they were so, they must have been fans of this Elvis movie. I, I can't say I'm a fan of this Elvis movie. It was way, way over long. And it was intriguing for a baby about 40 minutes when it's you're in the early years. 
But it just got more and more ludicrous. And Tom Hanks, I mean, I don't know what Tom Parker sounded like, but the to me, the performance got more cartoonish as the movie went along. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just lost interest. And the problem I have, Christian, is my wife will say, I'll say, um, I, I think I'm going to stop watching this. Why don't you stop watching this? Oh, no, I have to see it through to the end. And I'm like, <laughs> why punish yourself? But... Uh, uh, now Austin Butler, I think, did a decent job of imitating Elvis, uh, you know, and sort of conveying uh, as an actor what he went through. Uh, but I, you know, to me, I can't see that the movie is one that should dominate awards season. Yeah, I felt most of the same way. I felt like I, I knew less about Elvis Presley when I walked out of the theater, which is not a good sign. I do think Austin Butler was excellent. You know, why why are we even not uh, hiring Tom Hanks for this movie? Because you don't need Tom Hanks. The guy who's selling this movie is Elvis Presley. Yeah. That's why they have Austin Butler, who's a basically an unknown fellow, in, in the lead role. That's the brand is Elvis. It's not anyone else. So I just think he was horribly miscast. Well, this is where you kind of want to say it's it's kind of a heavy, dumpy guy. You kind of imagine it's more Paul Giamatti or something than than Tom Hanks. And and my wife adores Tom Hanks, uh, but this was one of those on his list of of acting roles where you're like, yeah, this one just doesn't work. I should make this point. You have two, two articles about the new Tom Hanks movie, A Man Called Otto. Uh, I feel like, from my understanding of the plot, the the commercials for it are wildly inaccurate <laughs> as to what you're going to get. Um, but your, uh, your film critic really, really didn't like it. Um, and then you, was, you were saying it was just all out of place as, in Oscar season. Yeah, you know, uh, anytime Tom Hanks is in a, a dramatic role, you think, okay, he could get a nomination. That's just how good he is in his record. But I, I think in the last few years, you've seen Tom Hanks really stumble. You mentioned Elvis, obviously. Uh, a Man Called Otto is not a good movie. I don't think it's a great performance by him at all. And then he was in the uh, the Pinocchio movie from Disney Plus mm -hmm. playing Geppetto. And I, I didn't even see the whole thing, but that, he was really uh, critically attacked for that even just being a part of that, which was a bad production in general. So, you know, I, I feel like a little bit of his luster is fading a bit. You know, it happens to everyone. And, you know, uh, he's still a great actor. But I, I, I would hope that Tom Hanks moving forward would make maybe smarter choices because lately the, the, the misses have been outweighing the hits by quite a bit. Yeah, I think your critic mentioned Larry Crown because that was the last movie he was really, really heavily involved in. And I have to say, the wife loved Larry Crown. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind that one either. My the critic at my site was not a fan, but I thought it was it was slight, but it was charming. Right? Is that sometimes Tom Hanks can basically play Tom Hanks or a version yeah. of Tom Hanks, and it's and it's fine. The one my wife really didn't like. I mean, everybody gets lost in Cloud Atlas. Um, that's the movie you get out of in about forty minutes because you don't even know where it is. <laughs> uh. uh What's the what's the gangster movie? Well, he was also in Road to Perdition. That's the it one. A bit of a darker movie for Tom Hanks. A rare chance to see a, a a different side of him as a performer. My wife hated Road to Perdition because <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like him as a bad guy. Now that has yeah. to frustrate you as an actor. 
<laughs> well, listen, he's got a Jimmy Stewart problem, which is the best problem in the world to have, where he has that everyman quality. We do kind of like him in almost everything he does. And maybe it, it makes it a little harder for him to stretch. I actually interviewed him years ago. Uh, I think it was around the castaway time, give or take. And I asked him that question. I said, would you ever want to play a more villainous role? And he he kind of, he was very pleasant overall, but he kind of snapped at me a bit and mm-hmm. didn't like the question. So that, you know, I get that all the time. Yes. And I, I don't even know his answers. I just remember thinking, oh my God, it made Tom Hanks angry. What did I, what did I do? Right. Well, you know, there's a piece of me as a, as just as a human being that I would be like, I don't want to play evil. I don't know why people think it's fun to play somebody evil. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I'm sappy. I don't, just like I don't necessarily want to see really negative films in general, mm-hmm. you know, I know I'm different. I'm the sort of person who really wants to go see a comedy, wants to go see something light, will definitely go see animated films. And yeah, I got to the Golden Globes and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this um, this other Pinocchio animated movie, so I'll have to see that. I see it's on Netflix, you know. By the way, I thought that was rather engaging. The It's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, right. which is stop-motion animation, and it is beautiful to look at. And the middle of the film kind of loses its way, but there's it's, I, I think you'll enjoy it. It's, it's very compelling, very fresh, and God, just, the, just the, the way they animate this story, the way they bring it to life is just gorgeous. Yeah, I am personally quite a fan of animated movies, and I certainly like stop motion and 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 all of the uh, really um, when people are um, doing something different, like Waking Life. Um, you know, uh, those movies intrigue me uh, because they they offer you something different. So, but that's just me. Um, so. Yeah, do you have anything else, I guess, as we move into Oscar season that you expect might be a dark horse uh, at this late point? You know, I think the field is a little bit wide open as far as best picture. I think the Fablemans will get some attention. Banshees is certainly in that conversation. And it'll be interesting to see how the Oscar nominations treat Top Gun Maverick. Because if that show wants to get some eyeballs on it, that's its best chance. Now, do you nominate Tom Cruise? He was very good in that movie. He's certainly deserving, but often the best actor category is very crowded, very competitive. So I don't know if that will happen. But if you have a, a Top Gun-less Oscar nomination slate, that that's going to be tough to draw some people in. You've got Jimmy Kimmel, who's very one-sided, very biased, very cruel. You've got this woke momentum, which is not slowing. So, you know... I, Unless some of the populist films get some nods, maybe even Avatar The Way of Water, the, the ratings will look bleak, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like I think the last time there was a really popular movie at the Oscars was Titanic. And, and that's on some level, yes, how you draw an audience. It doesn't even mean you're, that film has to win, but just having it on the list. And I know they expanded the list of Best Picture nominees, so you would think that that would be one way to do it. Yeah, that's the best chance. I think when they expanded from five to ten, that was kind of basically saying, we'll, we'll give some populist films uh, a wink and a nod. They're not going to win. <laughs> There's no hope. But, you know, we'll put them out there. And then maybe we'll, you know, we'll get some people watching the show to see if there's a chance. it wins. Yeah, I mean, I used to love award shows. And I think maybe you could say that maybe on this case... I'm representative. I used to watch them all. I used to watch the Grammys. I used to watch the Tonys. I used to watch the, you know, the Oscars and the Golden Globes. And now it's 
it's um, it is a slog. I certainly felt that the Golden Globes show was a slog, and so it's one of those things where I said, "Well, we probably should have DVR'd it," <laughs> but then you don't have the drama of not knowing who won. But so when I was a kid, I would love, love, love the Oscars, Oscar night. I'd, I'd have I'd have pools with my friends. We'd you know kind of see who would get the most, you know, who would not, uh, pick the best winners, that kind of a thing. It was fun. It was enjoyable. I grew up in the Billy Crystal era, and he yep. he put on a show. It was razzle dazzle. It was upbeat. It was engaging. The Oscar presentation each year is the worst year of my life as a film critic. It is the one I dread. Mm -hmm. It is the one that I have to suffer through. I can't turn away. I have no excuses. It is it is my duty, and I I loathe it because it's not fun. And listen, it, they insult my values. They insult my politics. There's that, but it's just not a fun show. And until they make it a fun show, I don't see the, the 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 ratings ever recovering. Yeah, I suppose one of the reasons there was a little less snark about DeSantis or whatever is that yes, that you know the president's a Democrat. You know the the one of the houses is still in Democrat hands. They're they're just not as up in arms as they were in the Trump year. So I guess that's a bit of a benefit. But as you know, I mean, as you suggest. The wokeness is still there, even if they're not attacking individual politicians. We will um, we will keep an eye on this. Uh, make sure you check out HollywoodInToto.com. You can read one of those articles every week at Newsbusters. So come to us once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>